Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Welcome to the Happy Mama Movement Podcast. I'm Amy Taylor Kavaz, mama, journalist, coach, and founder of Mama Rising. This podcast is a space of community and collaboration. We gather stories of matrescence, motherhood, womanhood, and change told by our Mama Rising coaches and mothers around the globe in the knowing that through our stories, we can begin to heal and change the way the world sees, values, and supports mothers everywhere. So, welcome to the Happy Mama Movement. Welcome back, everyone to the Happy Mama Movement podcast. I want to start this episode by saying that over the last few years of training women in mummerizing and matrescence coaching around the world, it is always so fascinating to me to watch what happens when a woman gets this information, what she does with it, how it transforms her right before my very eyes, and then how she takes this and runs with it to places that I have never thought of taking it or even was able to access and really begin to share this in her own way. And one of those women who come to mind when I think about that is who I'm speaking to today. So I want to welcome and introduce you all to the amazing Sarah Pantry. Sarah is a mummerizing coach and facilitator. She's based in Singapore, but originally from the UK. She is a senior workplace leader at LinkedIn and is also the driving force behind not one, but two movements now to change the way we support women and mothers in the workplace. One is called She Thrives and the other is From Me to We. Sarah, thank you so much for coming on this podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It feels really surreal being here because I've been listening to your podcast, doing all the training and uh, yeah, delighted to be here. So thank you. And here you are. I really mean that about one of the great joys of my life is to see what happens when we get this knowledge and and particularly this training, but even to see in another woman's eyes what happens when she realizes what matrescence is and how that explains her experience it's one of the greatest joys so let's share your story first of all and then we'll talk about how you're going to take this to the world what was your experience of becoming a mother if you were to summarize it (laughs) Um, yeah I mean it was the opposite of what I thought it was going to be which was probably the most unsettling um I'd been in Singapore for uh, nearly eight years now and um I treated 
being pregnant and becoming the mother exactly the same way as I had through my career. So I went and read about 50 books. I did every course and I made my husband do it as well. I had my checklists um, and everything that had come to this point that had always served me. And, you know, if you did the work, you, you got to where you needed to be. Um, but when I had my baby, Luca, um, it's just coming to the end of COVID. So, you know, I wasn't allowed out. I wasn't vaccinated. Um, it was very severe restrictions in Singapore. And I suddenly had this tiny baby and my world just expanded massively. Um, and I had this fear that whatever choice I'm making doesn't just impact me now, it impacts you. And what if I get it wrong? Mm. And it made me freeze. So in that way, I then started looking for external validation, you know, whether it be on the internet or my husband or other people. And I ended up doing things that didn't feel like me. And I regretted. And then again, I thought I'd done the wrong thing. And I felt like I was on this spiral, really, of like trying to desperately do the right thing for everybody. And I was just wired all the time. You know, like I couldn't separate myself um, from those feelings. And I felt like I was broken. You know, I know people say, but like, why is it that I'm feeling like this? Why can't I do it? I can see that everyone else is. What's wrong with me? And I've always been a really um, social person. I've always been the connector of friends, always the one checking in, organizing things, doing things. And for the first time in my life, I just contracted and I didn't want to see anyone. Wow. Um, And you were already isolated in Singapore as well. You were already in a different country with a different culture around you, let alone COVID, all of that. And also I lost my mum like eight years ago. So a lot of the feelings that I thought I had dealt with came back like a wave. Um, And looking back on it now, I had quite severe postnatal anxiety. But I had so many different professionals saying, fill out this questionnaire. We think you've got postnatal depression. I knew it wasn't that, but I didn't know what it was. I was trying to explain to my husband and I couldn't. I didn't have the words to explain or to do how I was feeling. And I was petrified. I was terrified because I didn't understand it. Mm -hmm. Um, And actually at at the end of not this Christmas, the Christmas before it was, I actually started to get panic attacks. And I'd never had panic attacks this was after coming back to work and you know we were on holiday I was driving and I was at that point just something clicked and said this isn't how it's meant to be Uh, this isn't you this isn't what it's meant to be um and that's when I had started to talk to a few people when I came across the term matrescence I found you and the mama rising training and oh my goodness what a process it was hard like it's been one of the hardest pieces of looking inside and understanding why I'm feeling this way. But I think I cried when I heard and I thought, this isn't me broken. This is actually something that's real. And, you know, as I started talking to more people about it, as I was doing the training, it resonated with so many people. And I was like, this needs to change. This needs to change. I think so often, I love the way you describe that because of that initial in a split we talk about with matrescence and motherhood because of the isolation, Mm -hmm. because of who you used to be, 
you've always thrived in life by being the top student, the hardest worker, the one who went beyond the average each day. You know, that was your survival mechanism. And then we land in motherhood and we try and do that for a little while and then that doesn't work. And then as you beautifully described it, you then begin to outsource. So I can't do this. I can't find the answer. I tried. It's not working. So I'll just give you all my power because I don't know what else to do. And that is such a scary thing unto itself when you've or you, you've spent your whole life relying on yourself. Can we talk a little bit about that? Because I had that experience too. And I think that alone is terrifying when you've only ever had to rely on yourself and then suddenly it's not working and you look at others and you're like, maybe you can help me and that doesn't feel any better either. It actually just gives me goosebumps when you me say too. that. Me too. Because yeah. it just you back to that feeling and um that's probably one of the scariest parts because you think that you have it down and you think that you know who you are and you know what you want and then it felt just like on a sixpence it just turned actually I know nothing I don't know who I am I don't know what's important to me I don't even know why I'm doing what I'm doing and I've got this beautiful little baby here and I want to give him the world and all of me and I want everything to be okay for you and I you know I want to be able to do that and I should be able to do that um and when you start to peel back those layers you know one of the most um powerful things was you know writing down what you believe is a good mother and what do you see as a successful woman because actually my success, what I measure myself to for a, from a successful perspective is completely different now <laughs> um, than it was pre-baby. And also from going through what it is as a good mother, if I actually was the things I've wrote down, I would have been a step foot wife, you know, like with Luca completely turned out and you know, ironed, oh, mummy, would you like to have breakfast in the <laughs> in the lounge now? You know, it's just, that's not who I am and that's not what I wanted. But I had these false images in my head that had become my stories. But it was one thing identifying what they were, but it's another thing then replacing them with something that feels good because you actually feel like you're going against the grain and people look at you of like, hmm, well, you know, that's not how it's done. Oh, I hope this is okay to share, but I do remember in our coaching calls with you, in those moments of redefining what success looks like, I remember the words, not exactly, but something along the lines of, but if I don't do it that way, I I, I won't succeed. Like to, to throw that model of success out that's going right to the core of how you think you're going to be successful in this world, how you think you're going to make money, how people get forward. Like we're, we're being forced to question the very core of what we think we need in this world to be okay. But also it taught me that I am already successful. Yes. You know, like the things that are really important to me now you know, I look at it and yes, there's other places that I want to get to, or I want to build, or I want to go, or, you know, there's other things I want to bring to the world that I feel it needs. But actually, if I'm looking at the base of where I am, I'm 
I have it. Like I was walking home from a shopping mall with my husband and with Luca and Luca had one hand in mine and one hand in my husband's. And I remember just looking at him and said, this is it. This is all I've ever wanted. And I've got it. And I love it. And I don't think that we actually give ourselves enough chance to press the pause button to see where we have come. Um, Yeah. So we don't because we're programmed to just keep going and going and going, which I think brings us to the workplace. You know, we we have this profound inner split at home. We've given birth. We don't know who we are. We're trying to figure this out. We're outsourcing our power. We're questioning it all. And then suddenly we land back in the workplace. You are, you know, this is your specialty, workplace culture. This is what Mm -hmm. you do. I know you um, look at it very differently now. Um, So what did you think about mothers in the workplace before you were a mother? And I love your honesty here, so thank you. I am... I have managed people for a long time and I've had large teams and I've had people to go go off on maternity leave and come back. And they say, you know, been in different companies where you're creating that workplace to work for multiple, you know, lines of people in different roles. And I thought I was pretty down with it. You know, it's like, yeah, I'm understanding, you know, how this works, making sure that we've got the facilities that they need and catching up with them, you know, when they're coming back in and then, you know, how we're getting them into the office <laughs> office full time, um, maybe from a ramp up perspective. How wrong was I? Like, I, it's like this secret club, right? You don't know until you've actually become a mother. And everyone's kind of like nodding along with you going, yeah, yeah, you know, it's very different. And I think, um, I think, what we get wrong in the workplace or with people coming back and mothers coming back from maternity leave is we don't identify that they're now a completely different person. And that's the thing that I was petrified about coming back to work. How am I supposed to perform in the same way that I did and be able to do this when I feel like a completely different person? And those conversations don't, aren't really had um with the leadership or with your managers you know on a general consensus I had a very good uh, return to work at LinkedIn and, you know it's in comparison to speaking to a lot of friends in a mother's groups etc um but even then you know you feel like you're out there on your own and you're trying to hide that I didn't have any sleep for the last three days that I desperately want to be back at home with my baby but I desperately want to be doing well at work um actually my brain isn't working in the same way that it did I can't remember this person's name and I've been trying for the last 10 minutes and it's still not coming you know like it was all of these things um and the one thing that really helped me coming back into the workplace was uh a mentor. So we in LinkedIn, we have something called Expect In, which I'm leading in Singapore now, where mothers and dads coming back from maternity and paternity leave can put their hand up saying that they want to be matched with a return to work mentor. Um, And I had one, her name was Olivia. And she was the reason that I stayed. Mm. You know, there was multiple times when I phoned her up and said, I'm struggling. I've had two hours sleep the last two nights and I've got this big presentation coming on and I just don't think I can do it. And 
on one occasion, she's like, right, let's grab a coffee. And on one occasion, she's like, Sarah, go and have a nap. It's okay. The world isn't going to stop. That she also gave me, me emotional. It makes me emotional when you say that. It's all we need is just someone to say that to. Yeah. And she also gave me the confidence to say what I needed to be successful coming back to work. I was pumping. So I didn't, Luca wasn't able to nurse, but I was pumping full time. I did a massive pump in the morning and I did, usually didn't finish till 9 or 9.30. And she's like, just go and ask. What's the worst they can say? It's no. So I did and there was no problem. But I felt like I was being an inconvenience to even ask it, you know, to have someone in your corner, like you say, to say, go and have a nap. It's okay to ask for these things. This is what you need. Then we can, you know, I'll support you in it. And it made such a difference to have someone there that was in my corner that wasn't my manager because I didn't want to go back and say I'm not capable or I'm struggling or, you know, like, what am I doing here? But to have someone else there that had been through it, that was there, it made such a difference. And it's something that I wish that every company would have because it's simple. It's not that hard. It's not not that hard. But this is, we talk so much about, you know, the gender pay gap and the lack of women in leadership roles. And you've pointed out exactly why mothers don't stay is because they feel like they're failing. They feel like they can't be honest about it. They're trying to pretend that they're still the same person they used to be. And then when they can't keep up and they don't want to say anything, they just quit. And all you needed was permission to ask for what you needed to succeed. And a space that yep. acknowledged and said, don't worry, that's totally normal. I felt the same way. You'll be okay. Take a nap. I mean, it's mind-blowing. And so often, I mean, I think we did move towards the right direction with, you know, breastfeeding rooms and facilities and everything like that. Like it was a good early attempt, but we really have to acknowledge that we need more than that now. Yeah, and I feel that... Um if you're looking at it from a bigger picture, it's not just the mamas, right? It's well-being. You know, these yeah. things need to be visible. You know, it, it has to be, you can't put a gym into a workplace and say, it's got a great culture. The culture is where people can actually go and use it when they need to, or yes. having a mindfulness space that people actually go and use. Or, you know, if it's mothers and fathers coming back, that it's visible and that's okay, and that it's celebrated. because. If we don't do that, people are hiding all the time. And that's where you're not going to have the engagement. People aren't going to want to, you know, keep on coming into the office or staying with that company or moving around thinking there's going to be something diff- uh, better and different in a different place. So with Expecting and this peer-to-peer support system, I would imagine it not only obviously supports and helps the newly returned parents, but the elders, as we would call them, the the mentors. Yep. I wonder in your reflection now that you're leading it in Singapore and what you've seen, I think it would make the mentors more proactively um, visible in their parenting too. It would have a a trickle up effect as well as a triple da- trickle down effect. No, definitely. And uh, the amazing thing with expecting is we often get people who have been mentored putting their hands to be a mentor. Mm-hmm. So there's that kind of growth that comes through from there. Um, and yeah, you have got 
so many different people in different types of roles, whether they're sales, whether they're support, whether, you know, going through and making that visible. And I, I would say that's one thing that LinkedIn's actually very good at. You know, like a couple of weeks ago, my boss's kids were sick and he's like, right, sorry, guys, down tools. My kids are sick. If you need me and it's emergency, I'm there. But otherwise, I'm not going to be available today. And yeah. that's OK. You know, and, and um, mm. it makes such a difference. Yeah, it does. I would love to hear your thoughts as well on the redefining of strength in your definition of success. I think this is another big cracking open part of this matrescence motherhood experience that this strong outer shell, this keep going no matter what, this hard work, this determination um, is what we pride ourselves on as our strength and to undo that in a way and instead embrace a slower pace, embrace rest, embrace a nap, embrace um, vulnerability and emotions. Again, especially with a lot of women in these corporate environments, it's incredibly hard and scary to feel like you can soften. This is probably one of the biggest realizations that I've had in the last two years. And one word that epitomized strength for me was consistency. Mm -hmm. I had to be consistent. So I had to turn up every day at 100%. I had to go to every PT session and make sure I was there. I had to meet every deadline. I had to do everything, you know, I had to consistently be on that um, road of doing more, doing better, showing up. And if I wasn't consistent, it meant I wasn't successful. I wasn't strong. Actually, what I have learned is that's BS. <laughs> you know, actually, from, from my perspective now, yes, to, to turn up and be there is important, but not at the expense of who I am and what I do. Um, because no one else is going to look after myself or my son, and I can very quickly burn out with that outlook on, on how I'm moving forward. Yes. So for me, bringing back on that consistency was it doesn't mean that you have to be 100% all of the time. Actually, what's really important. So going back to my values, going back to my success measures each time and saying, you know, redefining strength. Actually, for me, strength is being able to say I need some help or I can't do that now or to my husband, you know, I need your help in doing X, Y and Z. Um, and it's been a massive U-turn for me because I don't feel exhausted all of the time. And it means that I can turn up for the things that I have committed to at work and be my best. And more importantly, when I'm spending time with Luca at home, I'm his, you know, my full attention is, is with him and his development. Um, so, yeah, I would say the biggest thing for me is letting go of being consistent <laughs> <laughs> which is the opposite that I've been taught my whole life. And it worked for you to a certain extent. This is the other scary thing about changing our values and definitions at this time. It's worked until now, until it doesn't work anymore. And that's the beauty of this yeah. season in our life. I know you know one of my favourite, you know, sayings is when I rest, I rise. And, we've, you know, you've been thinking about how to communicate this with women in the workplace. How do we go into workplace cultures and 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 change this core belief that if I'm not the most consistent, the most 
visible, if I don't keep this level, I'll fail or I'll need to quit. How do we redefine this in this space, do you think? I think there's different levels of this. So I think there is um, one aspect which is our own that we are owning for ourselves. I then think there is a company-wide expectation of how that looks and then you also have the other dynamic of the leaders and the leadership that you are working with and it's not just one person's problem or one person needs to fix it and I think from a personal perspective as I have shown up and done less but have done more if that even makes sense you know actually cherry picking what I'm doing putting my energy into that and seeing the results come back in a positive way, I've banked it. Because yeah. then if I start to get into that feeling of like, oh, I'm not doing enough, I should be doing this, I'm giving, going back to that um, evidence. I think in workplace culture, there's a massive thing of, well, this is what it was like when I was there and I got through it, so why can't you? And I often find that that comes from women. Oh, my gosh, that is so good you called that out. That is so true. And I've heard it, I hear it um, within the companies that I have worked. I hear it from other friends that are in positions, etc. And it's tough, right? If you're going and you've got that barrier um, of I'm not going to step up, I'm not going to support you, you should be able to do this because I have done it. Again, it's kind of going back into those old stories that they're taking on and they haven't been able to look at it themselves. So I think within that perspective, we need collectively as leaders and managers and, you know, of of workplaces to look at this differently. Um, That times are changing. You know, hybrid working is the new norm now that we've come out of COVID. You know, we expecting people to work in the office like they're working at home. Yeah, that's stupid. I can yeah. do that at home. What is the reason for me to be coming in and why am I doing it? And does the workplace effectively support that? And that's also a different way in how we are leading our teams and, you know, within those workspaces as well. And then from a from a from a society, you know, company perspective, you know, do we have the processes and the policies and the culture? So like I said earlier, you can put a gym in a in an office, but it doesn't mean that you've got a great working culture because if people are too scared to use it, they're not going to. It's the same with these parenting positions. And it's the same for guys as well, right? They have oh, it's tough because they're expected to come back and, you know, nothing's changed, et cetera. So I think there's different levels. Um, and when you look at it like that, it feels like there's an awful lot that needs to change. And how do we start? For me, it was going back to my values. What are those success measures? And really trying to understand from a boundaries perspective of what I will and won't do. Um, But in the meantime, it's finding companies that you want to work at that represent that. And that's the exciting opportunity is that more and more, and I've seen the stats on this somewhere along the way, that more and more people will be deciding on where they want to work, not necessarily on salary or conditions like that, but more about wellbeing policy, supportive environments, like because we do this, we talk about this obviously in this space around matrescence and parenthood, but the same thing happens when your parents are sick 
and you need to balance work for that. The same when your teenagers are going through something, when your pet dies, when your partner is going, you know, we need um, cultures that don't just do this for parents but for all human beings. (laughs) And for us, right, if we're going through something and we're going through those mental health issues or going through we have to be able to stand up and say, hey, I need to take this time or, you know, this is what I'm going to do and, and have be supported in that. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the things that I think that we don't do well as a world is how do you go and find those opportunities in those companies? Like mm-hmm. we are taught to go onto LinkedIn and apply for a job and it might not fit. You're applying for it when you need it. Um, but actually, if you can have a look at the companies, align them with what means, what align what you're doing to what is uh, worthwhile for them. You know, like yeah. so you're really looking at it from a values perspective and going in and looking at those uh, positions that they have available and doing it that way. It makes so much sense because otherwise you're never going to be truly happy in what you're doing. Yes, I love that. You, I love the way you describe that. It's like instead of being reactionary and and feeling like they choose you, the company chooses you, why not flip that again, redefine this process and think, well, no, I know what's important to me and where I want to be. I'm going to look for companies that align with that and then look at the opportunities that come up there. That's a completely different way of doing it. And if people start doing that, companies are going to need to change. 100%. And this is what I do within the Ikigai mentoring that I do. Mm. You know, like actually you're kind of defining within that what you love to do, what you're good at, uh, what you get paid for, what needs to change in the world. You go through all of these pieces and then you do your top five companies and you start talking to people, mm. networking mm. and, you know, asking to be, you know, do you have anyone else I can have a conversation like this with? And suddenly that ball starts rolling because you're really clear on what it is that you want and the companies that you want to work for. And it means that you are picking where you want to work and where you want to spend your time because we spend most of our time at work. We should be doing something that we love. Yeah. And in places that allow us to be mothers and partners and daughters and sisters and all other parts of ourselves as well. Oh my gosh. I just love witnessing what you're doing with this both within LinkedIn and expecting and all the different ways you're you're changing it from within there but also seeing how you're building she thrives and from me to we and all of these different places and ways that we can really acknowledge matrescence in the workplace and within a woman differently um what do you hope you will be able to share I know that's a big question, but ultimately, because I know how much you think about your values and your purpose, what do you, what would you like to be able to do in this space? So this is something that I thought a lot about over the last seven or eight months. And um, we know that we need to change the way that we're looking at motherhood and we need to make sure that matrescence is known by everybody. You know, even yesterday I was doing an interview for FMJ and I said matrescence and they're like, what's that? Mm. You know, and this is for mothers. Um, so my, my top thing is to make sure that everybody knows what it is. But second of all, it's really being able to 
change the institution from the inside out. You know, we have to have that support from our leadership, from the companies. We need to acknowledge that women aren't in those top positions because they bow out, like you said, because they have to choose between doing something that they love or being the mother that they need to be, they want to be. Mm -hmm. And that's not right. You know, so um, being able to influence that and bring it to the world and also, like I said, enabling people to be able to choose where they work and what they want to do. Um, Because I really feel that that is a different way of looking at how we can bring matrescence um, into the everyday. Oh, beautiful. And so it is. And let it be. (laughs) And all of the prayers and wishes around that. I love that. We do need to change it from the inside out. Thank you so much, beautiful, for your passion and courage in this space. It's just phenomenal to watch. I will put all the details in the show notes of where people can connect with you. I'm sure you will be inundated. Um, Thank you again. Thank you so much, Amy. Thanks, as always, for being a part of our global matrescence community. Please take a moment and make sure you're subscribed to this podcast in your podcast player so you can always be notified of our next episode. And if you would like to work with a coach on your own experience of matrescence, please go to mummarising.net and explore our directory of phenomenal coaches, workshop leaders, space holders and facilitators around the globe. You can also explore our Global Matrescence Foundation and consider donating so a mama in need can access the support of one of our coaches and still ensure that our coaches receive the income and support they need so they can continue to work in this way. And finally, if you would like to be a coach, a facilitator and a matrescence activist, in your own community, jump on our wait list for our next intake of the Mama Rising Facilitator Training at mamarising.net. Thank you for being here and being part of this movement. Until next week, bye. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 